Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Trulson Law Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. My name is Mary Vandenack, founder, CEO, and managing partner at Vandenack Weaver LLC. I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about closely held businesses, tax, trusts and estates, legal technology, law firm leadership, and well-being for lawyers. Before we start today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. There's always a resistance to change, particularly with attorneys. Attorneys like to look back at what's worked in the past, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you realize that with a good automated drafting system, you can do a better job for your clients, deliver documents on a more timely fashion, in a more consistent and in a more costly manner. If you're not a subscriber to Interactive Legal, I urge you to go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. And you'll be contacted about having a demonstration of interactive legal for you, which can be done right over the Internet. Don't have to leave your office. No salesperson will call. We can arrange it at a time inconvenient for you. So please go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. Today's episode is on care management services. My guest today is Rachel Trulson. Rachel is a really special attorney to me. We got to work together early in our careers, and then she went and established a great estate planning practice, business practice. Rachel became very passionate about care management services. So today's podcast is about that. So thanks, Rachel, for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. So can you, Rachel, tell us, I mean, you're absolutely passionate about the life care planning services that you've started for elder law. Can you start by just giving us an idea about how your passion evolved and how you decided to develop this area? Right. Well, and like you said, I've been doing estate planning for um, all of my law practice years. And so that's 26 years. Um, And I've developed a lot of great relationships along the way. Um, And over time, I probably over the last five to six years, I saw more of a transition in my clients um, as they aged, as I aged. um, And we developed those relationships where they needed other type of planning. Um, And I was able to help them with the estate planning side of it, but I was never able to um, address those issues related to their aging process. Um, And that just became more apparent to me as time went on. Um, And as a lawyer, and as you know, we're problem solvers. And so when our clients come to our office and um, with the hope that we can help them address those issues and we feel like we're not well equipped to do that, um, I just saw that that was a gap in my practice where I needed to address those issues. So I educated myself on um, elder law um, and then went on from there and more of the life care planning too. So when clients came in and had questions about how do I pay for care, um, I have a loved one at home um, with dementia or a chronic illness, and how do I pay for that? How do I find the resources? So you're. In? So what you're doing is you've kind of said, hey, I've been doing estate planning. 
And your practice is what I would describe as relational, right? right? So some lawyers in estate planning do what they call a transactional practice. It's like, oh, here's your estate plan. Here's your brochure. Go on, you know, call me in five years. Right. Here's your letter that says I have no further responsibility. You instead have taken a different path and said, look, I've been doing this 26 years is what you right, said, right. right? And your practice, as I understand it, is a lot of people that came to see you 26 years ago, you've either handled their estates because they passed away Correct. or you're still working with them and they're aging. Right. And what you wanted to do was kind of connect the dots between here's estate planning and here's actually implementation right. of the planning right. in the form of life care planning. So can you speak to, because I have sent some clients and I'll tell you that um, Sherry Duria that we work with in marketing and I were at the college series the other night with <laughs> A client who's just, you know, one of your glowing, you know, she should, she should write a testimonial for oh. you because, <laughs> you know, you stepped in at a time when she was caring for a family member who was going to pass away, did pass away, and your care management team came in and helped. So can you just talk about, you know, what exactly does it mean, care management, especially in the context of being an estate planning law firm, I just don't think a lot of people connect that with law firms. And you, part of why I asked you is, you know, this is law of visionaries. And I think it's really visionary and extremely important what you're doing. Right. Well, and that's, um, we run into that a lot because we have a health care professional on staff. So we have an elder care coordinator who happens to be an occupational therapist. So she has that health background. So when people would come to the office with questions about care, I'm just a lawyer. And so I don't know how to advise them on the care issues. I can provide prepare the estate planning documents, we can do asset protection, we can also find the resources to help them pay for the care. But navigating the medical side of that is where that um, healthcare professional really comes into play. Um, and they just come alongside the family, plug them into whatever resources they need, primarily to keep someone at home for as long as home is the safe place to be and they can be successful in that environment. Um, so we've got um, myself at the office, who's the elder law attorney, our elder care coordinator, who's our health care professional, and then folks in the office who are medical, or I'm sorry, are um, uh, government benefit specialists. And as I understand it, the, the reason the model works is the health care licensing and the legal licensing are two different things. Right. And that somebody couldn't provide health care licensing, things that are within the scope of their license for a law firm but that the care management is a little bit different role. So they're not actually providing healthcare services. They're helping clients find healthcare services that they need. Is that a fair right. way to characterize that? Yeah, and that's that? a good distinction. That's a very good distinction because the elder care coordinator doesn't actually provide the healthcare services herself. She co coordinates those. So we have um, a network of trusted resources that we use, whether it's um, home health services to plug people in for um, whatever they might need for um, acti activities of daily living, whether it's um, housework, whether it's bathing, whether it's just helping with those day-to-day -day functions, even grocery shopping, whatever that might look like. Um, we also involve their doctors, of course, too. So our elder care coordinator will go to doctor appointments with our clients um, just to make sure that the right information is being shared and the correct information is being received and then conveyed to the family also. Um, so she's really that bridge between um, the health care workers and the care that the um, elders receiving and the family. And so let's say I have an 89-year-old mom mm -hmm. myself, right? 
and she's had some recent health issues where she's thinking about it. So in her case, she's still driving. She was really happy when they gave her driver's license again this last round, and she's living independently, but she's just getting a little more nervous at home because of some health issues. So she's gotten frightened a few times, but she can still take care of herself. So can the care manager come in and meet with somebody like her and help evaluate, hey, what strategies can we take? What things can you implement here in your home Mm-hmm. Right. To right. help you stay here and feel more comfortable about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And because most people want to stay home. I rarely have anyone come to my office that say they want to move out of their home as quickly as possible. They want to stay there. Um, and so we'd plug in those resources. And the sooner you plug in resources, the the better chance of staying at home longer. And if you plug in the resources from the community that can help with those day-to-day activities, whether it's within the home or even outside of the home, whether it's mowing and, and lawn maintenance and home maintenance, all of those types of things, plug those uh, services sooner, plug them in sooner rather than later, um, the chances of staying at home are better. And the elder care coordinator will come into the home and evaluate the home and make sure it's a safe place. And since my elder care coordinator happens to be an occupational therapist, that's how she's actually specifically trained to look at the home and make it functional for someone to live there safely. Um, And then we have um, resources that we can bring in to um, make the house accessible if there's mobility issues also. Um, The next thing is actually putting a plan in place for what does that look like when home is no longer the best place. Um, And that involves the decision making of the family and the elder to make those determinations. Where do you want to be? Wherever that next transition looks like, where do you want to go? Um, Or better yet, where do you not want to go? You know, what is your list of do's um, and wants and, and, and needs? And find um, available places for that. We'll actually tour with the families to go through those facilities to look at the options um, and put that next plan in place because when home is no longer the safe place, and that could happen very suddenly, you want to have a backup plan in place. And that plan should be in advance, right? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I really like about the way you handle your practice is you bring up that long ter- those long-term issues at our early stage. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors, Carson Private Client. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, We provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Okay, let's continue our episode. Well, let's talk right. for a minute about 
There's some other law firms that are doing some life care planning. That's become something that elder law practices have considered. You have kind of a unique model. Can you speak to how your model works? Well, our model, again, we've got our, um, I'm the uh, attorney in the office and our elder care coordinator um, and our uh, public benefit specialist. So when we meet with clients, um, and they decide to do life care planning with us. We do that on an annual contract basis. And the reason we like that and the reason it's worked so well um, is because I think lawyers oftentimes get a bad rap with every time you call a lawyer, you get a bill, you get a charge. And we don't want to be that way. We want them to call us whenever there's an issue. They don't. I don't want them worried about a bill. Um, and that has worked really well with our practice. Um, and our elder care coordinator isn't in the office very often. She's out in the field most of the time because most of her work is outside of the actual office space. Um, And she's involved in the transitioning of all of their care, um, managing that. um, And the family really relies on her fairly heavily. And we're, we're open to that. And we want that to be the way this relationship works, because that's, that's why we implemented the services. And that's um, our goal. So what you have is a model where a client pays a set amount per year, or is that amount evaluated based on their likely needs? Or it's that it's, it's a flat fee for the first year, and then it renews after the second year, and it's based on what we think their needs might be for the year because every family is different, and every life care plan looks different. So we evaluate those, and we um, we create those, design those based upon their specific needs, and the rates are the same. At, reflect that. So they're, they're somewhat customized in terms of anticipating the needs. It's not just like, hey, you're going to pay X amount forever, even though you might not need us for 10 years. It's just sort of like you have this annuity. Because I could see that could work either way. So you have to kind of look at that, evaluate that on an annual we basis on from annual a basis. practice perspective. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so when on your side of the planning where you're connecting the dots, what just what generally what planning are you doing in the elder law area? Um, I do all the estate planning work. um, And then we also um, do asset protection. So if we have a Medicaid situation, if we're going to plan for Medicaid, whether it's a crisis situation or even long term, when we do Medicaid planning, there's two types. It's we do crisis planning, which would mean an immediate need. So we have someone that needs to go move to a care facility and qualify for benefits. Um, and in that realm, you may have someone that be, would be um, eligible for Medicaid fairly quickly, just depending on what their resource um, resources look like. They may already be, be below a level where they can actually qualify for Medicaid assistance. Or we may have um, clients who are over-resourced. And in that case, what can we do at this late stage to protect as much assets as, as we can and still qualify for benefits? So that's our crisis planning. Um, and do you, I think you do some VA benefits am, work as mm-hmm, well, right? I am VA accredited, so we can help people qualify for aid and attendance benefits. So there's an accreditation to work with the VA. Is that specifically is. for lawyers or is... That can be also lay people. They can become accredited also um, and lawyers are also accredited. But for you in designing an elder law firm, what you decided is what are all the service services and the types of places and the types of issues that come up in elder law 
And that's kind of what you have targeted, both from the legal perspective and the care planning perspective. And the other thing that we do that's fairly unique is we do Medicare consulting. And we do that every um, open enrollment period, which starts in October, ends in December. Um, And we've been doing that for the last two years. And last year, I believe we saved our clients over $52,000 in Medicare premiums. And that's just with their Part D plans. So it's really important for people to review those on an annual basis. Um, The formularies change with their drugs um, every single year. So what plan they may be in this year may not be the best plan for them next year. So it's really important to evaluate those. Um, and you can change those plans um, based upon your your um, prescriptions. And that's really and that's an a, area really that you nice really service. need to know, right? I know my yeah. mom calls me every year and I'm like, oh, I'm really grateful to have the affiliation with you because I'm like, okay, this is going your way this year. Right. Because I look at that stuff and I have to say, I think you have to really be on top of it and know it. And as you say, you save clients a lot of money. And I think it's just really, it's sort of like trying to figure out coding in the healthcare world type of thing. It's confusing and it changes all the time too. Yeah. And I think that's a significant factor. So you can't decide, Hey, this is what's going to work for this year. And this is what's going to work for next. Right. Are there any other thoughts you want to just add or elaborate on about the services that you're providing, model you're providing or... Um, One of the things I do want to just stress is that people don't wait to plan um, because people tend to wait. And I think when they receive um, a diagnosis, um, there's a process there that they have to go through to accept that. Um, and learn to deal with that illness, whatever it is. And I think oftentimes people don't reach out because they think they have it all under control. And I think the sooner that people reach out and ask for help, the sooner we can plug in those resources and be um, come alongside the family and really help them through that. So not only do we provide resources um, and that support, but we also can educate too. We have clients who, um, we just have a recent client in the last couple weeks who was diagnosed with an illness several years ago, but she was never given the resources to really identify how do we treat this and how can she help herself through this illness. Um, and so that's what our elder care coordinator is working on right now is providing her with that education and those resources. And I think families, when they get a diagnosis, they almost feel like, um, they don't have any control anymore. So by offering those resources and that support and letting them know you're still in charge, you're still in control, and these are the decisions that we need to make. It's your choice. These are your options. And how do we move through this process? What do you want to do? What does your plan look like? Um, and the sooner they reach out for help, the sooner that we can come alongside and they can we can make this be a process where the family can work together and not have, have as much caregiver burnout over time. And what I think I've seen since we started working with you is that just communicating about the concept and the possibility of that type of service is important in almost any estate plan meeting. Because what I found is I can mention it to a 50-year-old, very healthy adult, and maybe that person isn't ready to be thinking about his or her care planning but all of a sudden it's like, oh, that might be useful for my mom and I should be talking to her because they Absolutely. tend to think of estate planning in a box 
And then they only deal with the care management issues when it becomes a significant issue. Right. And then we're in a crisis situation. And when we're in a crisis situation, you have less options. It's going to cost you more. um, And it's going to cause more stress to the family. So the sooner people reach out when there's an issue where there's a diagnosis, the the more relief that, that can be provided over time and the more money that can be saved, too. Well, Rachel, as you know, I have a relational practice, too, that goes back quite a few days at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I really value kind of your approach to estate planning and what you've built for the elder law practice and going into the care management. So I think that's just a phenomenal service to be providing to that clientele. Okay. And so thanks for being with me today. Thank you for asking me to come. And so that's Good. all for today. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.